Father, we give you thanks. Thank you for your goodness. Thank you for your kindness expressed in the understanding that you give us all the time. We give you praise in the name of Jesus Christ. Lord, as we go into the study of your word this uh, evening, we receive from you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you in the name of Jesus. And therefore we declare as follows. Now I declare that the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. And I'm being filled with the knowledge of his will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding, as a result of this, I'm walking in a manner worthy of the Lord. I'm pleasing him in all respects. I'm bearing fruit in every good work. And I'm increasing in the knowledge of God. Now again, I incline my ears to his word. His word is entering my heart. It is giving me light and direction. It is healing me in every area. And it's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. 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 I said amen. amen. Understanding has come to you again in Jesus' name. Amen. Please, before, as you sit down, greet somebody on your left and your right side the person. You are wise with the wisdom of heaven. You are wise with the wisdom of heaven. You are wise with the wisdom of heaven. All right, when you finish greeting as many people as possible, then let's take our seats and share the word for a few minutes. Now, last week we... Was it last week? Anyway, last time I spoke here, I think... Okay, wasn't it last Tuesday? Okay, two weeks ago. Okay. I shared something with us briefly on the issue of praying, that is, walking in the will of God for our lives. We emphasized that we need to be careful to walk in the will of God, that God has a pre... um, determined plan for the lives of each individual. And then we took that as our core reason for praying that day, and then we ended speaking about the fact that um, each person has a gift, even though the gift may lie dormant, and one of the reasons why gifts lie dormant is because they were not used. So they, they shrink, you know, they atrophy, and then you don't know they are there, even though they really are there. So Paul wrote to Timothy that he should stir up the gift of God that is in him by the laying on of, of the elders. So he said to him, the gift is in there. And we said that when God gives gifts to people, he demands that they use the gifts. He does. If he gives a gift, you must use it. Otherwise, you know, when he comes back, you have to give account for the things that he handed to you. One will come and say, your mina has made ten more. And he will say to that one, well done, good and faithful servant. All right. And then, of course, uh, like there's only direct prince said, he said, if you... Now, I don't know what to make of it, but he said that, notice that he only said that to the one that said, your mina has made ten more. You understand my point? The one that said five, he asked, it was okay, but he didn't say to him, well done, good and faithful servant. That is, we are supposed to try and get the maximum utility out of the gift of God that is in our lives. You understand? Very important. Some time ago, I taught about the hundredfold blessing. That was some years ago. I think it's in our collection. And in that hundredfold blessing, I explained that, of course, the Bible talks, Jesus was speaking, said the sower went forth to sow. They, of course, you know the story. Uh, the, the ones that bore fruit, some bore fruit tenfold, um, 30-fold, 60-fold, and then some 100-fold. Now, the question is, why were some 30-fold, why were some 60-fold, and why were some 100-fold? All right, I believe that there's the same principle behind it, in that some will say, your mina has made five more. All right, and some will say your mina has made uh, 10 more. Okay, so it's the same principle limiting the amount of production that people have, you know, bring forth in um, the gift of God that is in their lives. 
Now, what I just want to emphasize in our school of prayer is that we have to handle all these things with prayer. All right? There's nothing that we do for God with our own strength. And the sign that we are depending on the strength of God is that we use prayer for everything. You know, it's said to Zerubbabel, it's not by your power, it's not by your might, it is by what? The Spirit of God. That means the strength of God is what we use. And the sign that we are depending on God's strength is that we are always praying about things. It's a sign that we are depending on the strength of God. And now what I want us to continue from the, you know, is still along the line, praying, dedicating ourselves fully to God. I know during the, I know, I've been talking about that again and again. During the week, my wife and I were talking again. I said, listen, people don't really believe. We say it all the time. And the truth is that they are not really faithful to God. And I want to talk about the power of faithfulness today. That's going to be our prayer. The matter of faithfulness. Let's all read uh, Psalm 101. Let's open our Bibles quickly. And then we'll read them. Okay, before we read that, let me just quickly go to the one we quote all the time. That's the book of um, Revelation chapter 17. Uh, I said there's a beast that's, that John saw. And he talked about that beast and the ten kings and all of that. Let me just uh, read from verse 11. Let's start from verse 12. I'll read that one to you. Then we'll read Psalm 101 together. The ten horns which you saw are ten kings who have not yet received the kingdom, but they receive authority as kings with the beast for one hour. These have one purpose. And what is that purpose? They give their power and their authority to the beast. Now, these will wage war against the lamb, but unfortunately for them, the lamb will overcome them. Why will he do that? Because he is Lord of lords and king of kings. And those who are with him, he said, are the called and chosen and faithful. Please, let's go over that again. Those who are with him are what? The called, the chosen, and faithful. Let's go by one more time. They are the called, the chosen, and faithful. They are the called and chosen and faithful. Those are the ones that are on his side. I just want to remind us of the principle here. God has order by which he does things. Everything he does has an order. Sometimes we think about the sovereignty of God as he just does anything he likes anytime. But it doesn't work like that. The sovereignty of God is that he's the only one that writes the laws. The sovereignty of God is that he's, nobody's above him. But once he has written the laws, once he has put the rules in place, even he obeys them. I hope you are getting my point. That's, so sovereignty does not mean that he just does what he likes for no reason. The first time I had that discussion with somebody that I had to explain, that made me really reason, was a reverend gentleman. And I was explaining to him that God would not have used Peter to betray Jesus. And I had to be a Judas. And he was like, no, 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 no. I was explaining to him that, listen, Judas made himself ready for that job. That's why God used him. That God doesn't just take a good man and make a wicked man out of him. All right? He said, no, God is sovereign. God is sovereign. I said, there's a difference between sovereignty and lawlessness. Do you get my point? God is not lawless. He has order. The righteousness is the foundation of his throne. He does things, okay, according to order. Now, what, what am I going to say? When it comes to his winning his war against the beast, like you see here, he has also put order in place. And the order is that just like there were kings that gave their power and their authority to the beast, in the same way, you have people 
who are also kings. He said he is the Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. He also has his own kings who are also giving him their power and their authority. And those ones are with him. He said the, he said the beast, the lamb will overcome the beast because he is Lord of Lords and the King of Kings. I just, it just crossed my mind now that he, he described him as the lamb. And when you describe him as a lamb, he's trying to emphasize that he's not doing any personal fighting himself. Because if he wanted to do that, he would have described him more as a lion. I believe that, you know, he used the word lamb to let us understand a particular principle about how he's walking there. So he's not really the one, you know, fighting. What is happening here is that he has people with him also. He said they are, you know, they are these kings and his lords. And those who are with him, he described those kings and lords. And it says they are what? They called and chosen and faithful. What I'm bringing out here is this. You know, like he said to us in the book of Luke chapter 10, that he chose them, he, he, he took them two by two, he took 70 of them and sent them to every town and village that he himself was going to come to. And then he now told them, the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few. What that means is that he had many more places he wanted to get to, but the number of people he had working with him were not enough. That was why he taught them to pray, pray the Lord of the harvest, that he will send laborers into his harvest. What that means is that, assuming then, of course, there were 35, or I don't know how many now, but those people are 70. They went out in pairs, so there were 35 teams. They probably were able to, I don't know how many uh, towns and villages and cities each one will have been able to reach. But what he was saying is that, assuming those people were able to reach, uh, let's say, um, two each, so they will have covered 140, okay? Now, just by the way, Jesus used to plan his meetings, you understand, you know, and them not go there. I found out reading my Bible that he actually had a lot of things that he was doing that was very similar to what we do now. He used to organize programs too, and they would tell people that Jesus is coming to the hall down the road, and that was why they had to go and remove the roof where they knew where he was going to be. They got there, the whole place was full. It was a meeting hall. That was, they didn't remove the roof in somebody's sitting room. It was in the meeting hall, kind of. The Lord is good. Now, so he was saying to them, We'll have love to do more than 140. Okay? We'll have, we have much more, many, many more places to get to. He said, but the harvest, even though it's plentiful, the laborers are few. That the number of places that Jesus was able to get to was limited by the number of people he had to send ahead. Are you getting my point? That was what he meant in that Luke chapter 10. The number of places that he was able to go was limited by the number of people he had. When he selected 70, they were the people that were available. You understand? Of course, they had a multitude to follow him, even amongst the disciples. They were plenty. But the ones that he could point out that these two can go and get ready, get the people ready for my coming. They were just 70. So he now said to them, pray the Lord of the harvest that he will send laborers into the harvest field. Now, what I'm emphasizing towards there is that God sometimes lacks people. God sometimes lacks people. I need to say it again. God sometimes he lacks people. I don't know why he did it like that. He just made up his mind that if there are no people, the thing will not get done. It is not always easy to find people. You know, God doesn't joke. Anytime you hear him say something, it's a serious matter. He said in Isaiah's hearing, Who shall I send? And who will go for us? Isaiah was surprised. He was the only person available. It wasn't a joke. There was a time he told the angels, Go out and start marking people. 
people that were spared from the destruction, they looked around, Jeremiah noticed that he was the only one that was marked. Finding people is not easy. God went through, I think, were there four or five cities? We're just talking about Sodom and Gomorrah. There was more than Sodom and Gomorrah, about four or five big towns of those days on that plain. And he was looking for ten righteous people. You know how many he found? Less than ten. People are very hard to find. And the prayer I want to pray today is a very serious one. You pray for yourself and pray for your friend. It's a prayer directed at helping us be people that he can find. That's what it's about. Making sure that we are people that he can find. It's very hard for him to find people. It is hard. Yeah. Yeah. It's very hard. He said, I sought for one man to stand between me and these people. There was nobody. Listen to me. People that God can use, they are so hard to find. I think you should go and when you get home, stand in front of your mirror and ask the guy looking at you there. Ask the lady looking at you, say, if God were to show up now, say, I'm looking for people, will he consider you one of those he will find? You know what he said here? The people who are with him, they are they called. Let's talk about being called, first of all. Calling in the scriptures does not refer to I'm a prophet, I'm an evangelist, and I'm, I'm an apostle, I'm a pastor, I'm a teacher. That's not the meaning of the word calling. Calling means that we have all been invited to become like Jesus Christ. The high calling is the formation of Christ in us. That is it. So when we go out preaching the gospel to people to give their lives to Christ, that is the meaning of calling. He said many are called, but what? Few are chosen. This is the principle behind choosing. Those who respond to the call are always chosen. Those who answer the altar call and give their lives to Christ Jesus, they are chosen. Those who become disciples are chosen. Are you getting my point? Okay? Those are the people that are chosen. That is, the principle of being chosen is that you have given your life to Christ Jesus. Everybody has been called. The word goes out calling people. So you see, everybody's been called. But few yield to that call. That is just the way it is. Many are called those who respond to the call. Those who accept to give their lives to Christ. Those who live their former lives. Now follow what I want to say now. Who live their former lives and give their lives to Christ Jesus and begin to pursue the path of discipleship. They are the ones that are chosen. Every single one of them. Now what I'm emphasizing that is that so they are Christians. They really have given their life to Christ. But amongst them, a new set of developmental processes will commence heading for one end for them to be proven faithful. Are you getting me? For them to be proven faithful. You will notice when the Lord Jesus was giving us the parable of the sower, there were some who bore fruit. Sorry, not who bore fruit now. Who sprang up, who didn't hear it at all. That is, they heard it, but they didn't understand it at all. So those ones, they were called, but they were not chosen. But some, the word entered their hearts, and it began to grow. The first set, it grew rapidly. There was no depth of earth, so they backslid quickly. There was another set, the word was growing, and growing for a long time. Then a point came where it was supposed to bear fruit. 
what do we find? That thorns also grew and choked. This, has, this thing has been growing for some time. It has been growing for some time. Then the thorns came, choked the plants so that it didn't bear fruit. But some were able to overcome that. You now find fruit 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. I dare to say that those ones that sprang up quickly, they gave their life to Christ. But they fell away. Then these other ones, they grew for a long time. They've been in the Christian business for years. Let me tell you when you know they're about to bear fruit and this tongue starts choking. Please follow this. It is a time of trials. It is a time they need to make critical and important decisions. That is how it is. Let me tell you one thing you must learn in life as a Christian. You know, everything in the Bible was recorded for our learning. There is just one lesson, well, there are many lessons in the life of Esther. But I think one of the most important lessons about Esther is, if I perish, I perish. Please, can you say after me? If I perish, then let me perish. It doesn't sound like a word of faith, right? Y'all don't call it, I'm not going to perish. Hallelujah. A perishing is not my portion. That one is more than preaching. Bible is this. If I perish, I perish. There's a reason why it was put in the scriptures like that. If I perish, I perish. Listen, Christians, you have to get ready to perish for things. Many people want to say, ah, if, this, if they say I should deny Jesus, I won't deny him. <laughs> Look, Jesus won't ask, he won't let you get to that point because he knows it's risky. You know why? They said, leave money. You no, know, you couldn't leave money. You're not saying deny Jesus. Jesus said, you? <laughs> you couldn't deny money. It is me. You, are, you will deny me fast. Uh, ordinary money, leave money for the sake of righteousness. He said, no. We'll pay God off his 10%. Then he will know that money in our hands will preach the gospel. God said, money has never been my problem in preaching the gospel. If I find truth, I will bring enough resources to push it. That what I find hard to find are people who will preach the truth. When he sent the people out with truth and the word on their lips, he said to them, all right, he gave them power. He said, when I sent you out without pause, without script, without negotiation, did you lack anything? They said nothing. So Jesus was saying, don't come and harass me. That When I finish stealing money, I will now give to the gospel. People will steal money. They will be going around building churches. In case you know anybody like that, say, you are just proving to God that you should go to hell because you know the truth. That's why you are trying to pay him off. Tell people, you can't pay God off. You'll be doing for one night behind. You know what called for one night? Defrauding people. You'll find a way to explain it away. You are using the money to help the poor. Anointed Robin Hood. <laughs> Born again Robin Hood. You go, they put you in government office, you steal the money. And they come and give to church. I told one of my friends, a pastor, said in his church, one man was giving heavily. Heavy giver. Oh, my father. He said half of all the money they got in the church came from one man. He said for the first time they could plan. They knew the money was coming. Salaries would be regular because this man will give. But he said the more he gave, the more uncomfortable he was. So one day he went and met the man and said, Oga, this offering is not allowing me to sleep. I thank God for your offering, but it's not allowing me to sleep. The man, so he said, please talk to me. What is going on? Who are you? What is thy trade? You know the question they asked Jonah. 
What is thy trade? The man said, Pastor, God will bless you. You are the first pastor ever that's asking me this question. I have been looking for a pastor that we ask. He didn't say this, but I just want to add this one to it. I have given left and right. I have gone everywhere giving. Now, but he actually had done that. He had gone everywhere giving, looking for somebody who he asked. But nobody asked. He now met a pastor that asked. He said, Oga, the money is stolen. We are stealing it. We are thieves. Well, we don't steal from individuals. We steal from federal government. We have a lot of ghost workers. I'm the ghost coordinator. <laughs> he was a paymaster. And they send money from, you know, from the head of go- from the seat of government to go and pay some guys who are working. Most of the money, nobody's earning it. He will collect it, sign off for the money, explain that he has paid the people. They will now return the money to those who sent it. They know now. They were the ones that sent it. It's just the job man at the other end. They will now share the money. For being a faithful servant, they give him his portion. And being a Christian, he has used all kinds of things to try and explain it away. So he'll be giving. Heavy giver. Say, God, I've caught the rabbit. Let's share it. And God just sent him to a church where the pastor doesn't care. That is, the pastor knows that if this man repents, he will go broke. <laughs> but of course, he said, what I was, ah, he explained to the man that, to the pastor, oh God, this is serious business. Oh. It's not just if I don't want to steal. It's dangerous men I'm dealing with. He said, whatever I do, no matter how dangerous they are, you have to repent. He repented. I don't know whether he resigned the job. At the end of the day, he now went into poverty. Poverty is good for people. Amen? amen. Say amen now. Amen. Blessed are the poor. Those are the things we are preaching about on Saturday. When Jesus said, blessed are the poor, you know, blessed are the poor who are lazy. No, it's blessed are the poor who are poor because they are my disciples. Now, I'm saying something here. Faithfulness is decided when we have to make important decisions. Let me just say something to Christians again. We don't preach these things enough. That's why I need to keep shouting it. God does not always reward righteousness quickly. The testimonies we give all the time, as I give one million, in one week, the doors opened. I had a man preaching once. He came to a church, he gave money. For this people's building project, imagine that Kingdom World now is building. Uh, we need, say, 50 million. He came, he dropped one million. He said, just watch it. I will send you my testimony within the next one month. When, when you hear such things, please stop believing it. It's a lie. What did I say? No, no, I didn't hear you well. It's a lie. I lie. Once the man tells that, I'm going to give this money, just send, my testimony will come in one month. Just a guy forget that. That testimony is a lie. If you tell it, you won't believe it. How rubbish is that? The man connecting with the seed is confused. He said, I want to connect with his speed. That means, you know why? He had been sowing. He also know that he walk like that. So he decided that the only way to get his own result is to go and meet a man who sows and reaps fast. So assuming I sow yam now, takes nine months. Abi, how many months is yam? About that, right? The captain now comes and says, <laughs> last week I planted my yam. That's what my children ate this morning. <laughs> It was just last week we planted it. My seed works fast. 
So I see the young man planting today, you guys just watch. In two weeks, we'll be in the market. Now, me, we don't plant my young for nine months. That's all, God. Lay hands on me that I might. Please tell your neighbor, that's foolishness. They say, okay, when they have a friend. He has a lot of friends in Nigeria. Said so that one says that if God comes to him and says seed does not work, he will tell God that is a lie. Man of God said it. That this seed works. If God were to appear to me and say it does not work, I'll tell him he does not know what he said. That statement he made, you know, it's very true in quote. He works. At least now you've seen it's not Christianity. That's what I, that's what I want to take. If I was out, at least now you know what you are doing is not Christianity. Because if it were Christianity, you couldn't make that statement. Now, what am I going to explain? Christians, let's get some things clear. Righteousness does not pay quickly. That is why Paul taught us to do godliness with contentment. Which means... If I have two million naira, I give out one million. I've made up my mind to manage the one million balance. If I have ten thousand, I give out five thousand. I've made up my mind to manage the five thousand. It's not that I will not be stretching my neck. God, when are you going to multiply? <laughs> that is not godliness with contentment. Like I say all the time, we Christians we are known for one thing: the love of righteousness. We derive our joy from that process of letting go of that money, and seeing the effect it has where it is going. That is, I give out, I mean, I have maybe 2,000 naira. I, pl- I have plans for it. Then I give out 1,000 to a man. And then he calls me later and says, Ha, my brother, you will know what happened yesterday when you gave me that 1,000. I said, what is it? He said, do you know, when you gave it to me, it was answer to prayer. It was, I was going home. There was no food at home when I left in the morning. And as I was going back home, I said, God, how will my wife and my three children eat? That your 1,000, when you gave it, I stopped by the road. I bought this and bought this and bought that and I came home. When my children saw it, they rejoiced. All of them ate and they were full. They slept soundly. That story is our testimony. I hope you are getting my point. That story is our own testimony. You now say, ah, you turn to your wife. Okay, do you know that because it was my last 2,000, I almost didn't give it up. I almost didn't give him that 1,000. Thank God I did. Ah, Father, thank you. May I never disobey the movement of the Spirit in my soul again in the name of Jesus Christ. Start praying all kinds of prayers. Was it because God multiplied it? No. You saw what you almost missed. Providing supper for a family of five. That you almost missed it. God in heaven. How would I have survived if I missed that? What if I had later? The man went to sleep and he woke up next day. Everybody's hungry in the house. And I found that I was the last person he saw. And I couldn't part with that money. I would have cried for one month. Can you see the way we Christians reason? We love righteousness. Once we see righteousness, we hug righteousness. We love righteousness. We like to do it. Whether it pays us or it does not pay. We just love to do it. That's what Christianity is. That is why I stopped celebrating. I gave 10 naira. I got 10,000. It's not a testimony. The real testimony is that, ha, I gave just, look, all I had was 100 naira, but I gave those people, I was amazed at what they did with the 100 naira. 
I was amazed. That is the testimony. That I was able to give the last money I had. That's the testimony. That the Spirit of God is working in me. I used to be very stingy. I used to be. Have you met stingy people before? You don't like them. If you get to church, stingy man is sitting here. You won't know why your soul went to the back. You normally a front seat person. No? But once you just get there, who's there? Brother Stingo? Ah, no, 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 no. You go to another side. He's, you know why? <laughs> His spirit, you know why they call it stingy? It's a stink person. <laughs> you don't like them. You, 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 you can't help it all. You'll be traveling. You say, ah, this is my friend's house. But it's not that stingy guy. You will leave his house and go and sleep in the motor park. It's not true. Do you know, I had a guy. I had a guy. One guy like this. <laughs> 20 years later or so, I saw him. I dodged him. Because he's, he's the most stingy human being I know. Anything more than him is admirable. Because still he's already his portion. He's already, he's already a thief. Anything worse than him, na, 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 the person needs to carry a gun. If today I see him on the road now, I could do my face like this. Bros, I know if you shout. The Lord is good. We Christians, we love righteousness. That's what I'm going to explain. So please, let's forget this. Try looking for testimony. Trying to copy those who, <laughs> they have speed. And they sow seed today. Whether it's yam or cassava, it's one week. They have harvest. It's not true. Even if you grow mushroom, you can give us some time now. Abi? Ah, mushroom needs a few days, Nabi. How many days mushroom? This guy, you know everything. You know this guy grows even palm tree. <laughs> a lot is good. Any man who grows palm tree has faith. Apostle, if you grow palm tree, you have faith. In fact, Yorubas have a saying. I like you know what I mean? When they want to tell you, this is going to take you for a long time. They say, you'll be there as long as it takes to grow a palm tree. <laughs> so anyone that has grows palm tree has faith. Bros, shake his hand after, tap anointing. Connect with his speed of faith. <laughs> the Lord is good. <laughs> now, what am I going to emphasize all of these things? Righteousness does not pray very fast. Get used to it. You refuse to bribe does not mean you will get the contract. They will deny you again and again and again and again and permanently. You will come and say, that guy does not give bribe. Go away. You will pray. You will anoint their doorstep in the name of Jesus. As they step over this all, I will have favor with them. Next day you enter the place, eh? the, the job don't close, don't close. Ah, you'll be wondering. I'm telling you this is how righteousness works. Let nobody deceive you. That once you refuse to give a bribe, you will prosper. You can refuse to give a bribe and then the word of the Lord Jesus will be fulfilled in your life. Blessed are the poor. But I've told you it's a matter of fact. Get used to it. If you are not ready for it, leave this business. That is just how Christianity works. That is just how Christianity works. What am I going to emphasize? We just must love righteousness, love it, and leave it at that level. Then when God decides to bless us, we'll enjoy it. I hope you're getting my point. That's what I'm going to emphasize. 
Why am I saying this? Because that is at the point at which many people lose it. That is the point at which many people, you understand, draw back. That is the point at which somebody who has been in the faith for a long time now decides that this faith does not pay. It starts backsliding small, small. It starts backsliding small, small. Because righteousness has a very funny habit. Like I was sharing with our uh, brother Gabriel the other day, was it yesterday or two days ago. I said, <laughs> something led to it. Mention the name of one big minister of the gospel. A name, if I drop, all of you here will know. Every single person, unless you came into this thing yesterday. He now said to me, he said, ah, I hope you know, sir, that he's no longer known, really, in his country. It's an American. For the gospel, really, but more of, you know, training, motivational speaking, you know, talking to people, encouraging them. I said, what? He said, now, so... And that's when I remember the last time I saw a recent video of him. He was talking about child upbringing, how to give hand inheritance down to the children. I noticed very well there was nothing gospel about it. And of course, everybody was celebrating the things that they were saying. They were now began to discuss. I said, you know what the problem is? If you're a preacher here, pay attention to this. I said, I think I know what the problem is. Now please pay attention closely. Many times, God will call his priests... Let's take the preachers. We are all priests, but let's take preachers now. And let them know clearly. Please, all of us, you pay attention to this. Oh. This modern thing. I'm not, I'm not, this is not criticism. I'm not trying to insult anybody. I'm just telling you. Don't buy the idea that preachers are rich people. No, it's not the normal thing. Preachers typically are not rich people. The reason is simple. Not because God can't make them rich. It's just that money is an assignment. And there are not too many things you can do. That's just the thing. Managing billions of billions and billions of naira in business on a yearly basis will ensure you are not an effective preacher. Not, 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 not as if it's bad. I don't know whether you're getting my point. It's just a distraction. There was a time Deremon Shakarin wanted to go into speculative business. God pulled him out. That is collapsed the business for him. And when he took time out to pray, say, God, what is going on? All the Lord told him was that he didn't say the business he was doing was wrong. He just said that that business requires too much attention and time that I have not given to you. That's what he told him. They have not given you that amount of time. I have other things for you to do. So, Lord, what do I do? He said, shut it down. How do I do that? Sell it. He said, Lord, please get me a good price. He said, God, no problem. I'll arrange that one. The Lord arranged a very good price for him. But get out. Not because it was wrong, but simply because it's not your assignment. You don't have that time. There are things I, I'm telling myself now, personally now. There are things I deliberately don't do. Because I'm afraid if you start doing it and the thing starts prospering, you won't know. It drags you away slowly. And as preachers, this is what happens. This microphone is very powerful. It's very, very powerful. No matter how useless the product you are selling, once you have enough people listening to you, you'll make money. Let me not mention this, but that's how it is. That's why every big preacher that gathers a large crowd, if he starts doing business, he does well. Why? He just, he's just, he just, people are just loyal. It's loyalty. It's brand loyalty. If I start selling NG, what do you call it? Uh, olive oil. 
Everybody that comes to King Noah will buy my own. If you don't buy my own, you know the Holy Spirit has left your house. <laughs> it's the way you'll be reasoning. It's unconscious. Though. You go there, all kinds of uh, olive oil is there. But the one they just write, powered by Pastor Banky. <laughs> if number one is 1,000 about bottom, my one will be 1,150. That 150 is for the tights, you know. Yeah. Is that okay? The, the anointing inside it, thank you. Then, those who the wicked people that want to help me market it will go to the park. Praise God. Once they start standing something with praise God, <laughs> you want to start selling, you start with praise God. It's fraud. Oh, it's fraud. Fraud. Look, if you're a preacher, be careful. You know. Apostle, you know, we discussed that. You don't market anything from this pulpit. It's forbidden. If my wife is selling something. I don't care. If you say, hey, my husband has invested two million in it, it will spoil. That's your problem. Go and stand outside and be selling it as they are coming out of church. But if you think I will stand here and tell everybody, please, um, my wife has this tomato she brought from Gombe. <laughs> <laughs> she knows. If I should, she knows. I said, hey, my dear sister. Pick your phone, call people that you know one by one, then say I beg. One basket, 50% discount. But if you think I will climb my pulpit, praise the Lord. Uh, before I start today, I just want you to know that we have to meet downstairs. <laughs> <laughs> it doesn't work like that. The Lord doesn't accept it. But you see, that's the temptation. It's called turning your stones to bread. It's called turning your stones to bread. When God gives you anointing, you can misuse it and become very rich. Yes. And one of the things preachers often do is that because we have given this power to talk, we have the audience. Before we know what's happening, we move away from Christ. Like when Pastor Kimote was praying earlier, you see, it led us in prayer that, look, everything has to be Christ from the beginning, Christ at the end, and Christ in the center. Little by little, we move away. I heard the preacher said, ah, what is in this training thing, Seth? It's not the same thing we are doing in church for free. Are you getting my point? People like Yinka will go and train people. He said, ah, what is in it? Are we not already doing it? So we'll just leave it and then put a price. It's a temptation. Which you have to subtly, it's very subtle, so you have to be careful to resist. Faithfulness is the times of trial. You know why I said everything I said? If righteousness paid so quickly, it wouldn't be a test. I hope you're getting my point. It wouldn't be a test. Why it is a test is that it does not pay quickly. Ultimately, it pays. But how it pays, you don't even know. God can look at a church and say, this, that's in Revelations, they are very rich, in the book of Revelation, the very rich church, he said, you are poor. He looked at the one that's poor. He said, you are rich. He had rewarded their faithfulness. As far as he was concerned, they were doing well. Righteousness does not pay quickly. Please, let's get used to it. That's what I'm trying to emphasize. If you want to do righteousness, let's do it. It's not a quick pay thing. There are some kinds of righteousness some people did. Or people will do. And in their lifetime, in their lifetime, it will not be any fruit. In their lifetime, nothing. It will be their descendants that will experience the thing in it. I'm not talking about descendants now, not just natural descendants. 
but they are spiritual descendants too. People who follow the path they took in life, who obeyed the words that they spoke. They are the ones that will benefit from that thing generations later. The man who did it, you see, look, look, this earth is very short as far as God is concerned. So there are things of righteousness we do in our lifetime we won't even see the reward. I hope you are getting my point. That's what Jesus meant when he said, all that men labored. You have just entered into all the work they did. You went into, came into the harvest. Because God sees everybody as one body. For some people, their job is to sow. Another generation will come, they will nurture what has been sown. Another generation will come and start reaping. And the sad side is that many people will think that new generation, they know, they know it. They know how to connect. They know the buttons to press. That was how we woke up and we're deceiving ourselves that young Gicho knows how to build a one million man church. Of course it doesn't. He doesn't. What happened to young Gicho? It's simple. Assemblies of God. They were sowing and tilling the ground. They were the ones that tilled the ground, sowed in the ground, watered it with their prayers. The man just stepped in into their harvest. He would say, Jesus is Lord. Church will become 10,000. He rose again from the dead. There are 20,000. God is a good God. 500,000. Greet your neighbors. Say, God loves you. One million people. They will now come and say, you go and learn the tricks from South Korea. They come to Lagos to start home sale. Arm robbers are the champion. <laughs> they are the ushers. <laughs> and they did home sale in Lagos. Bishop, we think we'll close it fast. When they heard too many reports of armed robbery, people coming to people's homes, pretending to be coming to church, they shut down the home search fast, fast. God said, oh boy, this is not South Korea. This is, this is Lagos, not Seoul. The way we do things here, very different. What I've told, matter of fact, people carry home cell all over the world. I see that is how churches grow. Why? That's how young Gicho grew, grew to church. But that's not what happened, really. The Bible says, he himself does not know how. What am I emphasizing? Faithfulness, righteousness does not pay quickly. That is why it is important that we who are believers just love it. We just love it. We love it. We do it all the time. When people backslide from having followed God for a long time, many times because they are discouraged, somebody told them, if you serve God, you will prosper. Materially, they served God, they did not prosper. Materially. The times of trial come on everybody. Everybody will come to the point of trial. If righteousness paid quickly, everybody will make the right choices. But it doesn't pay quickly. That is why people, because what happens is that they make it the first time, they get nothing. They make the righteous the second time, they get nothing. The third time, so let's help God small. That's why I said you should say it earlier. If I perish, I perish. It's important. You put your hand on the plow and you don't look back. If, if plowing was so, was so much fun, why would Jesus tell you not to look back? They won't tell you not to look back. When you have an exciting movie going on, who tells you don't look away from the screen? When people are, who love football, are you getting my point? When they are playing <laughs> World Cup, can they, they, don't, they don't look away from the screen. One man threw his wife out of the window many years ago. True story. She was crossing in front of the television or just uh, playing play nonsense, play, play. He didn't know when he took the woman and flung her out. They were living in a high-rise building. 
She fell out of the window and he did not notice. So continue the match. <laughs> no, I'm not joking. The match finished before he knew that. Where's where's my where's my sweetheart? Sweetheart was on the floor. I don't know whether she was dead or broken. What I've told you a true story. So when Jesus said, "Don't look back," that means front is not interesting. That's what I'm trying to explain. Front is not interesting. That's why it tells you don't look back. Back will be interesting. They don't look back. You say, I'm coming. Let's run. Let's run. <laughs> they just, they, I just bought my Brazilian wig last week. Nobody do me this a uh, lot. Say, don't look back. I won't look back. All my jewelry. He said, honey, wait. What happened? I forgot my box of trinkets. Don't look back. Ah! I you don't look back. All my designer gowns. I won't look back. And where they were going, emptiness in front. And the woman said, I, I beg. It's not just to look back alone, it's to go back like so. And so she turned to pillar of salt. What am I going to say? Let's get used to it. Let's all get used to it. Righteousness does not pay quickly. That is when people are tested. That is when the faithful people are known. And where I began from, God often can't find faithful people. They're hard to find, though. They're hard to find. Even those who have made up their minds, they will follow Jesus like Peter. They will have denied him three times before they realize they denied him. Faithful people, they are very hard to find. Who are the faithful people? First of all, let me emphasize again, they are the only ones God can use. They are the only ones that count when he's counting his army. I look, at, I look around, I say, people are not faithful. We all can talk faith. We can all talk faith. We can all talk faith. But when we are shaking, we are not faithful to the things that we claim to believe. That's why a, 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 a bishop will write prayer point on Sunday. Pray that there will be trouble in Astro Rock so the president can run away. And we shamelessly print that in church bulletin. Why? Things have happened and we are upset. We have been offended. When God said, pray for your head of state, he said he didn't say what to, uh, what to pray for. Christians are saying that, remember? He said, pray for him means you can pray for him to die. Right now, I want to obey the word of God, which he gave by the mouth of Paul to Timothy. He said, pray for the elders. Everybody said, die by fire. <laughs> Everybody began to say, die by fire. Say, pray for the elders. We are praying for him. How would, your friend, how would you like for your friend to tell you, say, Pastor Kimote, I'm praying for you. <laughs> when you get home, says, we have come. Let's pray for Kimote, die by fire. He <laughs> 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 said, but I was praying for you now. You know, when we, sometimes we just make you fool of ourselves. Open our mouth with talking nonsense. It's because we are discouraged. I can assure you, faithful people are very, very hard to find. Faithful, very hard. I'm not the one complaining, no. It is the Lord. He's saying through my mouth this evening, faithful people, hard to find. Very hard. Yes, they've given their lives to Christ, but they are not faithful. They've answered the call, they are not faithful. All the things they have learned when it comes to the times of trial, they cannot say, if I perish, let me perish. And you now see that's a problem. 
That's the problem with changing a nation. That's the problem with changing the environment. You send Christians out into government service. They are not faithful. And listen, let me emphasize, it's circumstance that will start teaching, t- testing them. And show that they are not faithful. And I noticed something, people, when people want to decamp from one place to another, leaving the place that God has kept them, you know the excuse they give all the time, I want, in case you, I mean, I want able to hear this, so you stop giving that excuse. Now, before I tell you the excuse they give all the time, I thought about it this afternoon, and I realized it's the same excuse mafia don't give. Yes. There's one of these mafia movies I've seen many times because I like the movie for certain reasons. And the man will tell you that, look, I want a world for my children. I want my children to live in peace. He's shooting people. I notice that it's the same excuse Christians give. They say it's for my children. Today, I was reading. No, yesterday, somebody forwarded um, a newspaper you know, link to me. And Emiko Amoshuka was interviewed 40 years in the teaching ministry. Started in 1977, 78. I think it's anyways, I think 78, 40 years this year. Yes. And um, he now talked about this. Uh, our brother. He said, look, is this not about, hey, where's my phone? Israel, can I have my phone? I want to read that thing out. This is what Emiko said. I just lifted it and shared with a number of people, hoping that people will forward it around and eventually hoping that thousands of Christians will see it. He said, I have had juicy offers abroad, but I say being in the ministry is like a policeman or a soldier deployed to guard a particular building from the Supreme Headquarters. It is the person who sent you who must locate you. If we look at things from that angle, we'll see it is not about my advantage. I like it when I'm abroad, but I know after spending some time, I have to come back to the jungle. It isn't about you or your agenda. It's about God's agenda. It's all about his leading, his direction, not about my advantages or benefits. If things were evaluated from that prism, it makes a lot of decision-making easier. That's after 40 years in the teaching ministry. And he said, listen, people have invited me to go here since 1980, when nobody else, when it was not a common thing for Nigerians to want to go. He said, people have been inviting me. People have volunteered to help. said, no, but it's not about me. It's about what God has told me to do, where God has planted me. Like I was in a back last Friday. What did I teach there? Like Pastor came to refer to it on Saturday. In fact, please try and get a hold of that message. Just make like 30 copies and just keep it. I will remind you for, that's for those who just want to pick a copy of it. All right? I preached in a back last um, Friday. So there are two questions God asks. One, he said, where are you? Usually when he doesn't find you where he kept you. And number two, he asks Elijah, what are you doing here? Then when Elijah ran and went to a cave to go and hide there, God came and said, what are you doing here? Two important questions. Where are you? And wherever you are, what are you doing there? Those are questions you must be careful to answer. Let me not speak more about it now. Let's just stick with the matter of faithfulness. Listen to me. Faithful people are few. That's why he said they called. Then when you get from called to chosen, the number drops drastically. The chosen. Then when you go from chosen to faithful, the number drops even more drastically. Sometimes the number will drop to zero. God will look. There is nobody. 
There was a time he looked at Israel and said, there is none that seeks after God. Many people are following after God. They are following after what he can produce. They are not following after him. Is a prosperity God. Is a healing God. Are you getting my point? If we want, we want to travel, if we don't seek him now, we will die on the way. So we seek him for what? For protection. He's a protection God. But to seek after God for the knowledge of him and to fulfill the reason why he gave us life. To fulfill the reason why he placed us on the earth. Very few people. Very, very, very few. I say boldly, very, very, very few people bother to do that. Let's rise to our feet. Let's rise to our feet. That's the prayer I want us to pray. I don't know which words you will use. But you have to pray this evening that, Lord, let me be found faithful. That's it. Well done, good and faithful servant. Faithful to the things you have learned, whether they are producing in quote results or they are not. Faithful to the call of God for your life. A heart that is yielded, like last time we talked about, you know, following God's will for our lives. Faithful to righteousness. Faithful to God. Faithful people are hard to find. And what I'm preaching this evening is to call every single person to faithfulness. Faithfulness to the word that you've heard over the years. Many people backslide after 20 years of holding on to truth because it's not producing what they expect. But you will not be like that in the name of Jesus. Please begin to pray. Those that used to say that, I don't believe you can pray for faith. I've read my Bible. You can pray for faith. You can pray for, oh, you can pray for faith. You can. Just that you will not say I'm praying for faith and you won't do what you're supposed to do. That's just the difference. You will not say that I'm praying for faith. You will not do what you are supposed to do, like studying the word of God. You know, act according to, you know, walk according to the word that you have learned. But you can pray for faith. He said, if you can just believe. That one said, Lord, I believe. Help my unbelief. That was a prayer for faith. He said, Simon, Simon, Satan has desired to sift you all like wheat. But I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. That's it. That's it. That's it. Jesus prayed that the faith of Peter would not fail. Therefore, I wanted to pray today. Say, Lord, this is my prayer that I will be found faithful. Pray that prayer from the bottom of your heart. Say, Lord, that no matter the trials, this is my prayer that I will be found faithful. That is the prayer I wanted to pray. Say, Lord, no matter the trials, I pray that I will be found faithful. That I will never forget the things that you have taught me. The words that I have heard over time. That I will love righteousness and I will hate wickedness. Say, Lord, pour a spirit upon me. It's very important. Say, Lord, pour that spirit upon me. In the name of Jesus. Let the spirit of the Lord rest upon me. The spirit of wisdom. The spirit of understanding. The spirit of counsel, the spirit of strength, there is the spirit of knowledge and the fear of the Lord. That's it. And the fear of the Lord. That's the prayer I want us to pray this evening. Pray for yourself that you, two people you are going to pray for. First of all, you are going to pray for yourself. That will you be found faithful. When the temptations of life come, that you will be found faithful. Many times, like I was saying, preachers, they will let you know that this whole talk, 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 talk you are doing, you can talk it for money now. Say, Lord, at such times, let me be found faithful. Let me not turn my stones to bread. Lord, I lay hold of the testimony of the Lord Jesus. 
I will be like him. That's my prayer. That I will be like him. That I will be like him. So that when the temptations come saying, turn your stones to bread. I will remember that man shall not live by bread alone. But by every word that proceeds from the mouth of the Lord. Say, Lord, I will be like Jesus. I lay hold of that testimony. I lay hold of his testimony. I lay hold of that testimony. Let us pray. Say, Lord, that I will be found faithful in everything. Wherever you plant me, there I will be found faithful. I will be found faithful first in where I am. He said, where are you? He said, Lord, where you have placed me is where I will be. I will not eat any strange fruit so that I will be running away. The Lord asked also, what are you doing here? He said, let me be found faithful. He said, blessed is the servant whose master finds so doing. We talked about that sometime a few weeks ago. Whose master finds so doing. Say, Lord, I will be found so doing. Say, Lord, help me to discover what I am supposed to be doing. That which I will be found so doing. Jesus will return one day. He's not going to check what you have achieved, but what you have found so doing. What I will be found so doing. Lord, help me. Let that thing be that which you have put in my hands. That which you have ordained for me to do. If my name is Jeremiah, let me be found prophesying. If my name is Paul, let me be found moving about preaching the gospel in new places. Let me be found so doing. That's today. Prayer is for us to be faithful. Say, Lord, help me to be faithful to you. In the face of temptation, let me be faithful. When I'm hungry, 40 days fasting, Satan came to him. Lord, in the face of temptation, of hunger, let me be found faithful. No matter the pressures of life, Lord, I want to be found faithful. Not by my strength, not by my power. Not by my strength, Lord, not by my power, but by your spirit. Lord, by your spirit. Let that spirit enter into me, Lord. And let it make me faithful. Say, Lord, I want to be among those who will walk with you so that through our walk, through our work on this earth, the work we are doing for you, you will overcome the beast. I want to be one that can walk with you and overcome evil in this generation. What Satan is always trying to do is to mold people into what God did not make them. It's called conforming. They become conformed to the world. He entices us with all kinds of things. Say to the Lord this evening, say, Lord, I will be faithful. Important, no matter where I am, whether I'm a mother, I will be faithful. As a husband, I will be faithful. I will be faithful. As a preacher, I will be faithful. As a businessman, I will be faithful. As a government worker, a worker in a private company, no matter where I work there, I will physically be faithful. I will go to work on time. I will do what I'm supposed to do. I will put the interest of the organization above my own. I will work to represent Jesus effectively. I will be found faithful. That's my prayer, Lord, this evening. I commit myself to faithfulness. Very important. Let's pray. Like I said, we are praying two prayers. That's the first one. Second one, I want you to pick a number of people and I'll give you time. If you are married, pick your wife, pick your husband. Don't ever forget that. Very, very important. Pick a friend of yours. Pick your pastor. You go to churches. Pick, you know, 
Like I was saying earlier, if I feel so bad, you know, this camp of preaching. I don't know the way Sometimes it gets, it appears monotonous and you're not getting, you know, results. You know what I'm saying? And like I was saying earlier, preachers usually they are not ordained to be so rich. I say usually, there will be a few exceptions. You understand? Uh-huh. And then preaching doesn't really pay. You can't charge. Oh, thank you for free download. Amen. Just be downloading. Amen. <laughs> one guy looked at me one day. Our, our webmaster. The guy designed our website. He was doing some maintenance while he was in my house. Walking. Ah, he now saw the number of hits a month. Ah, Waga, this number of thousands of people come to this place. He said, we can do something serious with this. What more serious thing do you want to do than the one we are doing now? So we can place some Google ads as a opener. Keep your mouth shut and do your work. <laughs> See opportunity. Oh God, let's turn this stone to bread. We have the power. We have been anointed. I said, my friend, be quiet. Do your work. <laughs> it happens sometimes. It happens. So to preachers, like I said, it's easy to say some of these things and laugh. But boy, oh boy, school starting in uh, September and when August. Not only are we in August, we're in the latter half of August. See the way Apostle is nodding, yes sir, yes sir. <laughs> he knows. No, these schools, they are very wicked. They'll give you the teller ahead. So you won't forget the exact amount you are supposed to deposit. You know, this life is very funny. Do you know secondary school education, primary school education is costlier than university? <laughs> and somebody's federal government is not right. They're trying. <laughs> No matter, so a lot of times, that's where it starts. That's where people start, you know, backsliding away. Like I said, pray for people. Paul said, Jesus said to Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. We need it. Are you getting my point? Peter needed it. I need it. You need it. Your wife needs it. Your husband needs it. Your friend needs it. Your pastor needs it. Please begin to pray. Pick one person after another. Let's take it. That's what we're going to do the rest of the time. Start praying for somebody. Lord, I pray for my wife. Lord, I pray for my pastor. I pray for my father. I pray for my friend. Pick somebody. Take them one by one. Lord, I pray that these pressures of life will not cause him or her to fail, but that they will remain faithful in the face of the pressures. Pray for somebody in a difficult environment. Ah, the environment you are in matters. That's why God encourages us to fellowship one another. Don't forsake the gathering of the brethren. Many people are in places where they are alone. Say, Lord, send your angels to strengthen them. Jesus needed strength. He went into the garden. Angels strengthened them. For some people, they, they are bastarding already. Say, Lord, have mercy on them. Pull them back home like the prodigal son. Mention somebody's name. You have a friend. Pray for your wife that she will be found faithful. Pray for your husband that he will be found faithful. Jesus said to Peter, I have prayed for you that your faith will not fail. He now said, when you have been converted, strengthen your brethren. Say, Lord, I pray for my friend. Send him help when he needs it. So that he will remain standing. In the midst of the pressures of life. That he will remain standing. Let I pray for my pastor. That Christ will be the center of his messages. 
Christ would be the beginning of his words. Christ would be the end of his sermons. No matter when, at any time he stands up to speak, Lord, let it be Christ and Christ alone. Say, Lord, strengthen him against temptations. Pray in the spirits. Pray in other tongues. Whatever it is, if you don't know which words to use, say, Holy Spirit, help me. But this person I'm praying for, help me to pray for him. Help me to pray for her. Oh, people of God, remember, God needs them. That's how we began from. God needs us to be faithful. Without faithfulness, he said, God found me faithful. That was when he put me into ministry. That's what Paul said. He said, the words I have taught you, the things that have been committed into your hands, you commit to faithful men. That's what he said to Timothy. He said, commit thou to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. He said, the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses and trust this to faithful men. God needs faithful men to be able to spread the truth. He said, if they are faithful, they will have the ability to teach others. Men who are ready to suffer hardship. Say, Lord, I pray for my brother, I pray for my friend, I pray for my pastor, I pray for my wife, I pray for my husband. That he will be faithful and be counted worthy of being an effective soldier of Christ Jesus. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Let's begin to give the Lord thanks because He has said, Say, Father, we thank you. Say, Lord, we thank you. Say, Lord, we give you praise. I want to just declare words over our life. Say, In the name of Jesus, I am called. I have been chosen. And I will be faithful. In the name of Jesus. Say, I speak to my soul. Soul, be faithful. That's it. Say it again. Say, soul, be faithful. Be faithful to the call of the Lord Jesus. Be faithful to the assignment of God in your life. Be faithful to be where he has placed you. Be faithful to be found so doing. In the name of Jesus. Now declare, say, I will be faithful. The pressures of this life will not take me away from the work of God for my life. In the name of Jesus. Say, I will be faithful. The word of God, which I have heard, I will walk by it. I will live by it. I will produce a hundredfold. 
in the name of Jesus Christ. Jesus. Said one day, day, the Lord will say to me, me, well done, done. good and faithful servant. Say, I will be a good and faithful servant in the name of Jesus. Say, Lord, I yield myself to you again. Everything you have to do to make these words come to pass. Do it in my life. In the name of Jesus. Take me to where you want me to be. Remove from me what you don't like in my life. In the name of Jesus. Lord, treat me like you did Jacob. Every impurity. Don't let it stay. In the name of Jesus. I desire to be pure. To be totally cleansed. By the work of your spirit in my life. Say do it Lord. In the name of Jesus. Let's give the Lord thanks again. Say Father we thank you. Say Father we thank you. Oh just the Lord we thank you. Say, Lord, I will be a faithful soldier of Christ. It's important. God needs faithful people. Right? Like he's looking for them every day. He's looking. He's looking. There are not many. Just say to yourself, say to the Lord, Lord, I will be one that is faithful. I'll be one that is faithful. Thank you. Thank you. Say, Lord, don't let me go. Don't let me go. Don't let me go. Don't let me go. No, no, don't let anything take me away. No, no. They say, Lord, don't let me go. No, 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 no. Don't let me go. I will be faithful. I will be faithful. I will be faithful. I will be faithful. I will be faithful in the name of Jesus. Where the Lord has kept me, there I will be in the name of Jesus. Lord, I thank you because you have given me the power to stay. 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 You have given me power to stay. Lord, I will be there. What are you doing here? You asked Elijah. Lord, I will be able to answer. I am doing that which you asked me to do. I am doing that which you asked me to do. In the name of the fear of the, or, you know, the fear of things happening around will not, will not, they will not take me away. But I will be faithful. Lord, I give you praise. Lord, I give you praise. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. Father, we give you thanks. In Jesus' mighty name, we have prayed. God bless you very much. You have a blessed week in the name of Jesus. All right, let's share the grace in fellowship. Because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ, surely we have passed out of death and we have passed into life. We have passed out of darkness into the light of Christ. We have passed out from under the curse into the blessing. All things have passed away in our lives. We are now filled with the Spirit of Christ. We live above sin and walk above the devil because we are seated high above with Christ. This is our season of multiplication, dominion, and shining forth. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Bless somebody beside you. Say, this is your season. Bless another person. This is your season. Multiplication, dominion, and shining forth. One last person. This is your season. This is your season of multiplication, dominion, and shining forth. Now, before you share it, remember, expect a manifestation of new level of spiritual gifts in your life in the name of Jesus. God will release visions and revelations to help you, not to see those who are pursuing you, nobody's pursuing you, but to help you fulfill the assignment of God for your life in the name of Jesus. Revelation was how Joseph preserved the life of Israel and the whole of Egypt. Revelation was how Daniel preserved his own life, the men who walked with him, and was elevated in that kingdom. By revelation, Paul went up to Jerusalem. By revelation, things are done. God gives you specific instruction. Revelation 
and visions is not only for preachers. But if you are a preacher here, you will get yours in Jesus' name. Amen. Visions and revelations will come to you so that you will know exactly what God is doing in this season that you are supposed to be participating in in the name of Jesus. Amen. But it's not only for preachers. Housewives, it is for them. Amen. Wives, husbands, it is for you. Amen. Workers, it is for you. Amen. Investors, it is for you. Amen. Businessmen and businesswomen, it is for you. Amen. Preachers, have their own, but everybody in the body of Christ will receive his or her own in the name of Jesus. Amen. I will pour my spirit upon all flesh. Everybody. Listen, Christianity is not, you know, who will, will not be walking blindly. Jesus is alive. Somebody say amen. amen. Tell your neighbor, say Jesus is alive. Jesus is alive. Say Holy Spirit is real. When you wake up in the morning, do what Benihin said. Say good morning, Holy Spirit. And he will lead you in the path of righteousness in Jesus' name. Amen. Now give one to yourself. This is my season. This is my season. Of revelation and dominion. In, in the name of Jesus. All right. Cheryl, brethren. God bless you. See you on Saturday.